Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Sarah Levine. And I'm Danny Murphy, and we're your partners in wine, crime, and time. And Sarah, we have been popular lately, but it's just us this week. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? We've oh, had guests, we've had yes. Guests? No, I'm not saying that we have uh, glown up in any way, shape, or oh, form. Oh, yeah, I was I'm like, wait, saying. what did we do differently? <laughs> yes, yes, you're right. Oh, no, I've been remaining on my couch alone. I have not been uh, Regina Georging. But we've had people on the podcast, which has been fun. Yes, it has been fun. Sorry, now you're just getting us. You're stuck with us, everybody. I feel like today we are going to talk about this Netflix doc. Here's the thing. like, I don't actually have much to say about the documentary itself because I think it was really good. They have been given some hits and misses. I feel Netflix has really no in-between uh, when it comes to documentaries. And I feel like because like, the Abercrombie one I was enjoying, this I one I'm really that. enjoying. Yeah. So maybe they're on an upswing. And I feel like it's kind of like, I mean, I know they need some uh, pivots over there. So I feel <laughs> they really should pivot more into <laughs> these docs because they're really taking over and they know what they're, they're getting into a good swing of it. And yeah. I really enjoyed this one. And it was four I, episodes. Yeah, I agree. I think what it is, is like that. I mean, and it makes complete sense. Like it just is logical. But the documentaries that are so much more sensational, like Bad mm. Vegan, Tiger King, those are always the ones that are pretty easy to pick apart. But mm-hmm. this one, it's just like, no, they came in to tell this story. They told the story. I mean, I don't really know what more they could have done. Maybe get some supporters of the church on there. But like, I Ugh. felt like it was pretty balanced. Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't have really any criticisms. I thought it was really well done. I think so, too. And I think, all, well, I guess we should also say... <laughs> What documentary? Oh yeah, it well the is. name is long, and I keep forgetting it. It's keep sweet, pray, and obey. Yes, I'm like keep sweet. Uh, what's next? We're kneeling, we're praying. I don't know. When I hear sweet, I'm like, yeah, I could go for a sweet treat right now, and I'm exactly. like, oh, it's a different. I'm then like, this is distracted. not uh, Nicole Byer spinoff of Nailed It. <laughs> this is <laughs> it's not a keeping sweet in that regard. No, no, but that was a good one. I also we have to do the Our Father documentary too. One of my friends was texting me like weekly being like, have you watched it yet? And I kept having to be like, no, hiding my head in shame. Well, that's why I like that new emoji where it's like the like kind of like um, not finished smiley face because then that's what I usually just send when I haven't done something. Wait, I have to update my phone. Oh, that's what it is. Yes, yes, you have to because it really has come in clutch. I only do it for the emojis, truly. Oh, I don't know anything else that happens with it. I don't. You gain emojis, you lose all your battery power. (laughs) Uh, mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) win-win I guess yeah it goes all around yes but so we're gonna be talking about I mean I watched this documentary we did some outside research shouts out New York Times this is interesting to me too because like even before this big raid that happened that put this church really in the public Mm -hmm. eye you know the Times had been covering them for like years well that's what's interesting about this church slash cult slash terrible group i mean netflix and the new york times we're going back in the day i'm like when was the last time i looked at the new york times and been like i enjoy that article (laughs) they have been really going all over lately but they have come through with this yeah i was in the archives woo but yeah so we're going to be talking about the fundamentalist church of jesus christ of latter-day saints or we're just going to call it flds and i was thinking about this too i was trying to explain this to someone and she didn't get it but i was like but you'll get it because you cover the crimes with me I feel like so many of these crimes lead back to the Mormon church in some way, like Jody Arias, Susan Cox Powell, this shit. Mm. Like, what else? There's so many, like, weird Mormon connections to a lot of these, like, well-known crimes. 
It really is such a tie and such a jumping off point where I feel so many people, because it has the Mormonism church has such a legitimacy that so many people can kind of like use it and twist it and have some more gain or just are in, uh, inspired by it in some way, which will yeah. to a ripple effect. I wonder if that's it. Well, just as just as paint the scene, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center calls the FLDS a white supremacist, homophobic, anti-government, totalitarian cult. So let's dive in. It's going to be nice and fun. Just kidding. It's horrible. You know, they have a quality in the sense that they hate, they are uh, offensive to every single person, I guess. <laughs> like, except white men. That's it. White men over the age of 55. Facts. Ew, gross. They literally run an AARP. It's like insane. Yeah. <laughs> gross. <laughs> so it all started, we got to do a little history lesson. It all started in 1890 when the Mormon church outlawed polygamy so Utah could become a state. And what I think is so funny is how, like, their uh, stereotype as being polygamist has just persisted for, like, over a hundred years. Like, oh, it's kind of no like when people make down. fun of, like, you pee your pants one time in middle school and people, like, call you that forever. And you're like, God, that was one time. It was so long ago. Wait, there is someone from my middle school who I... Yeah. See? And you're still calling them like pee pants. I don't know. You're more <laughs> than that. I'm not going to say their the name. I did not call it to their face or say I just heard it happened in a class. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So. And also, and sometimes in like middle school people defense, sometimes teachers are so mean about like letting people go to the bathroom. Maybe they're not mean. They're trying to be. I'm like, can you pee or may I pee? And I'm like, no, they're peeing in geometry. So there's no, right. <laughs> there's no chance. <laughs> Okay, but so Mormon church outlawed polygamy. One group of people was basically like, no. So they broke, they were like, no, we want our polygamy. We want our multiple wives. And also interesting how it never works the other way. Well, that's the thing. It's not like it's like a poly couple where it's like, oh, everyone's open. I'm like, no, this is just like, and I feel like that's the thing to drive home. But it's not like the women are like, oh, I have five husbands too. They're like, no, I'm just uh, stuck with this guy and I have to be in a line to kiss him goodnight. And I don't even want to marry him gross exactly exactly so they broke off they formed the flds and what i thought was funny about this is they actually consider the regular mormons renegades because (laughs) basically they abandoned polygamy to sort of like adhere to the government's demands they're not rock and roll they're they're using like garage band they're just not in garage and it's like you're conforming to the man And so to this day, the FLDS practice polygamy, now mostly in Hilldale and Colorado City, which ironically is not Colorado, but it's on the Utah-Arizona border. And that annoys me. That fuck, it's like Kansas City. Like, what's that shit about? Long Island City's not, well, it's not really in Long Island. Technically, but it's in Queens, but it's technically it's in on the mass that is Long Island, but whatever. That's why I also hate when restaurants have, like, are named after numbers, but it's not their address. Who does that? Because it's a restaurant that's like, oh, this is 25 local. And I'm like, but your address is like 42. That's and it just annoys annoying. me. I hate that. So any <laughs> restaurant tours out there, is switch your Madison shit. Is 11 Madison Park located at 11 Madison Park? I think it has to be. I feel like that actually is. Okay. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. But so they chose this location for a few reasons. It's far away from other neighboring towns. And it's kind of like in between two jurisdictions. So if state police start closing in on one state, they can just move. That's there we go. Insane. Yeah, it's wild. So this group has always been not always, but has long been on the radar. 
1953, the governor of Arizona at the time, Howard Pyle, ordered a raid, which did not go well. Children were separated from their parents. There was this huge media outrage, and this destroyed Pyle's political career and ended up strengthening Mm -hmm. the FLDS. Now I have to fact check myself because I'm like, that's exactly what happened in 2008. Well, you know, they just sometimes you get knocked down and they get up again. That's crazy how history just repeated itself. <laughs> Ain't that the phrase that pays? Facts. <laughs> I hate it here. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> so then by the early 2000s, FLDS was believed to have 10,000 members, even after they splintered off uh, because of leadership disputes, which we'll kind of get into. So Rulon Jeffs at this time was the leader of the church. He served as a leader for 15 years, started in like 1985, six, uh, 1986. He, though, kind of changed the game. He basically established a one-man rule of the church and did away with this council government system that was in place before. So I think that's some of these leadership disputes. So also, you know, like a one-man rule, so like a cult leader. A totalitarian, <laughs> that's what they called it. Yeah, they yep. called it a totalitarian cult. So that's kind of what like- it is. Here we are. They're like, like oh, you know how we were all kind of like coming together to like talk about stuff? Now it's just going to be me. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, sick. And isn't it so insane that this was like 1986? Like, Yeah, it's not long ago. I think they're still operating. Yeah. It's like, yikes. It's a Bowling for Soup wrote a song about 85. So I mean, they did not mention. (laughs) Why why were they silent about this issue? Right. We'll never ask them because I don't really know what they're up to. So let's talk a little bit about Rulon. So born December 6, 1909, and like Sarah said, took over as the head of the church (coughs) in 86. The weird thing about him, though, was that his dad was secretly a polygamist, and Rulon lived as, uh, like, with last name Jennings until he was, like, 10 years old. So kind of, you know, born into all all of this. His dad had four wives, which, in terms of the doc, that's not the most, but a lot. (laughs) It's not 67, but it's not, <laughs> not one. 67. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If, yeah, as, as Whitney Houston said, if only four of you went out, then two of you were pretty cheap or whatever. <laughs> uh, he was raised in the LDS church and wasn't introduced uh, to FLDS until 1938, uh, when he was like almost like 30 or so. Late 20s. I did the math. Okay, late 20s. That sounds like someone when you're like, oh, I'm in my late 20s. You're like, you're 29.5. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> now I'm late 20s. <laughs> right? Uh, So he took on his second wife in 1940, and interestingly enough, his first wife divorced him over it. So uh, his first wife, Zola Brown, was the great granddaughter of, wait for it, Brigham Young. So she was like, this is not, this is not how we operate here. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that to a descendant of Brigham Young. And isn't that, well, I guess we kind of learned from both uh, Salt Lake City Housewives and just kind of studying about it. Everyone's kind of related to him in this. Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Everything I, almost everything I know about Mormonism, I know <laughs> I know from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and now this. You know what's on some real? I'm sure Dylan will have her on too, but we should get Heather Gay on to talk about her book. Yes. That'd be really good. I love it. So he was, you know, he was just a kind of Mormoning around, you know. <laughs> he was next to Mormon. Good documentary title that someone could use. Uh, and became leader of the FLDS after then leader Leroy Johnson, who was the senior member of the priesthood council, died. So he became the eighth prophet of this church. And you know what's interesting, Sarah? I always thought that a prophet, when I would read about it, it's just the prophet. You don't really get, (laughs) 
you don't get new profits. I thought it was just the profit, and they profitize. If they die, then someone, well, someone doesn't have to replace them, but someone else will come along. But it's like, how did he become profit? Like, it's kind of like, you know, Anna Delvey, like, if you just call yourself a German mm. heiress, like, people believe it. I don't know. I will say, he has a lot of things wrong with him. He does not have imposter syndrome. <laughs> Yeah. Any person who says they're a I prophet, wish he did. They were, I honestly, I like take you fucking down a notch. Yeah. So he became the new prophet, number eight. Uh, he was known to his followers as Uncle Rulon. So. I hated this part the most. His wives were calling him uncle. Like everybody was calling him uncle. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's really, I thought when really you say bizarre. uncle, you stop. Like, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> uncle, uncle. I mean, who knows where it came from? Yeah. So in the FLDS, basically, the more wives, the better. The more wives, the closer to God, mm. or whatever they say about Texas Oh, hair. yeah. The higher the wife count, the closer to there God. There we go. Something like that, because it kind of shows that you, uh, I guess, you know, you're, you're the prophet going with all these women, having all these kids. Continuing the legacy, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Uh, so kind of BVV, Bad Vegan Vibes, it was believed <laughs> that if you had three wives, you ascended to the celestial status where you'd be able to build kingdoms and not just be revered on Earth, but become like almost a god. It really gave me like Anthony Strangest vibes. It yeah. was like, yeah, you can build kingdoms and they were showing like B-roll of the solar system. And I'm like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> that was my favorite because they would show things like in space and i'm like y'all believe in space <laughs> yeah you know what i like, mean you don't i'm even like believe in alcohol <laughs> i'm like you ripped your kids out of public schools but how, where did you get the printouts of like jupiter <laughs> <laughs> make it make sense right right so this uncle are you ready for this Sarah? Ugh, no had 67 wives gross I can't, how do you remember all their names? I don't think he did. Because he's he was marrying people when he was like 85 and like borderline oh, losing it. When he forgot how to pee. Yeah, I don't think he remembers uh, yeah. wife number 58. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just, any young woman is like his wife. Cut to next week on Betcha's Bride. It's like, so I'm planning my 67th wedding. <laughs> We're like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Oh, Betcha, you know, oh like- my God. And maybe like, go girl boss. <laughs> People went back and forth with the number, but it was basically around that. Uh, from photos I saw in the documentary, it does look pretty close to that. It was a lot. Like, when he died, the New York Times obit said that he had 20, but I think the number has been increased. So I think 100%. It's too many. That's all you need to know. Too many. Uh, he married a teen. You, re- you heard that right. When he was 80 fucking five years old. Fucking gross. And also, this was the thing, too. Marry the teen. Because uh, he was the guy with the handshake, right? Yes. So um, I think it was Rebecca in the documentary mm-hmm. who was like, when you would meet him, he would like shake all the girls' hands. And then if he, he squeezed your hand three times while shaking your hand, like that was his signal, like, I'm marrying you. And then the parents would get so excited because they're like, my daughter is going to be married off to the prophet and everything like that. Because then that also increases the family status yeah. in this <laughs> circle. Gross. So gross. So when he was fucking 85, he married a teenager and still tried so to have sex with her and had uh, some, uh, he, they would just saw because this was again, so like, they would all line up to kiss him goodnight. And then sometimes he would say to them like, no, we're going to have sex. And like, yeah. this is also to like teenagers and young women who were not even taught sex ed. Cause why do you think this school, I mean, this right. cult would yeah, teach them that? They don't even know what it is. 
they don't know what that entails. They don't know that that also um, is how you get pregnant. Right. You know what I mean? They So they didn't really understand anything that they were getting into or being forced to do. Horrifying. Ugh. And he would be the one, so kind of with the documentary name, he would tell them to keep sweet, basically like, do not ask any question or go against any single thing. Be a mindless robot, just always saying yes to whatever a man would tell you to do. Like, pretty much. It's, it's a big... Mm-hmm. I, to me, that feels like a like thought-terminating cliche. Just, like, keep sweet. Like, you oh, know, just yeah. go along with it. Don't uh, don't question it. Uh, so, so fucking gross. So then, he died at 93. How, do, how does, like... How do the worst people ever live, like, such long lives? That's what I'm saying. It's the evil that keeps him alive. Like, I gotta start being meaner. I'm gonna die young. <laughs> I'm like I'm doing Pilates to try to live a minute. I gotta I gotta switch my shit up. Yeah, no, you have to like uh, get rid of your soul. Okay. All right, we'll see how we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah, at the time of his death, New York Times said he had hundreds of grandchildren and also sixty Ugh. children. Ugh. That is gross. It's okay. just like it's, it's, it's too, too much to say. Too much. It's too much, and then I'm like, so basically, you're all living on this compound, and like most of you are related. And then also related and having relations with each other. It's, it's, no. It's, 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 again, how do they get a photo of Jupiter if this is what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, they didn't get it, but it was just the filmmaker showed it. No, but, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's very interesting. <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking weird. So after Rulon died, his, one, one of his sons, I don't want to say his son, because it's weird also to like watch in the documentary one of Warren's brothers kind of talk about him and then you realize like, He's one of like six billion mm-hmm. brothers, and so he probably doesn't even know him very well. Like it's almost kind of like that that kid you went to high school with. Like you're talking about them with this almost <laughs> the same level of familiarity. I was gonna say on the flip side, it's kind of like when Nicki Minaj says, "All these bitches is my son." <laughs> yes. So <laughs> oh my was gosh. Nicki in the is she? I mean, if she's a prophet, I could believe that. So yes, we'll, we'll I could that. believe it. So one of his sons, Warren, kind of immediately took control of the church after his dad's death and he was kind of being groomed to do so like as he was growing up Mm -hmm. and he also weirdly sang in the documentary sometimes and i was like i I was like he's good (laughs) 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 like maybe they should have let him be like the uh head of the choir and none of this would have happened or just go in 98 degrees who knows Uh, so he also immediately married all but two of his dad's wives which is also crazy because a lot like a bunch of them were like older than him yes because that was a weird thing because when he went to see all them he was like he picked people to stand up and then he was like they already married me the rest of you should follow suit weird and obviously some of them were underage too so yeah uh, of the two who didn't marry him one of them refused and then she was prohibited from ever marrying again and the other one, Rebecca, who was in the dock, fled the church. Mm-hmm. So under Warren, things kind of went from just bad to worse. So he outlawed activities like swimming and watching TV. I didn't know that they could watch TV to begin with, but I the swimming part. I didn't know that either. Yeah. He also took control of what they called spiritual marriage, which is polygamy. So instead of like, you know, someone going to someone and being like, I want to marry your daughter or whatever. He started assigning like spouses to people and just being like, all right, you're going to marry him. You're going to marry him. Bump, boom, boom, done. Like, and there was not up for debate. No. And even worse, if a husband would, quote unquote, deviate from the FLDS, uh, Warren would just reassign their wife. Ugh. And what was really horrifying is that he excommunicated a bunch of young boys from the church for literally no reason. And mind you, like, they're they're being separated from their families. They essentially don't have a home. And also the only world they know, too. Exactly. 
and they don't have anywhere to live because they're all living on this compound. And the reason that he did this basically was that he wanted to marry all the young girls or marry them off. And the less boys there were of their age, kind of like the less competition. Which is also insane to me because it's not like no one in this organization is able to be like, oh, no, I'm not going to marry you. I'm going to marry this person I have a crush on instead. It's like you're forcing their hand. Like, exactly. These boys couldn't get in their way. Right. If they're not living there and you're not allowed to talk to them. And that's what's insane because that got on the news, too, because it wouldn't just be like he'd be like, OK, one person go. It'd be like 15 boys just appearing on this. Like, it was yeah. so many. Yeah. And so also, as all cults do, really, uh, Warren took people's money and they would like literally have to sign over their businesses to him. And also, all the land for the compound was in a church trust, which he controlled. Sounds about right. We're going to get into the child marriage, but that wasn't the church's only problem. It's also homophobic and racist, which, not shocking to me. Tracks, yeah. Yeah, that this extremely patriarchal, gross, disgusting... (laughs) Guy who has 75 lives. Yeah, disgusting on many levels. So, yeah, like Warren himself even said like racist stuff in his sermon, so... Just a, just a horrible place to be. <laughs> a very awful place. I That's why there was a... I was glad that an ABBA CD made its way onto this compound when that girl was talking about that. I was like, at least they had ABBA. Yeah. To get through all of this fucking insanity. So in 2003, Warren essentially fled Short Creek and started building this new compound called yearning for zion ranch in el dorado texas actually this fucking annoyed me they pronounced it el dorado but it's el dorado right i don't know they kept pronouncing it uh, el dorado i really okay i'm just gonna say texas <laughs> we're like we hate it anybody from texas shout out let me know <laughs> um i do love i have been to austin and houston and i can pronounce those two cities there we go there we go <laughs> <laughs> the most popular common cities in Texas. Uh, this was because Rodney Holm, a police officer who was part of FLDS, was convicted of marrying an underage 16-year-old. So Warren got scared. Yeah, no fucking shit. And also, LOL, a police officer, part of FLDS, marrying an underage girl. Here we go. Yeah, gross. So, of course, once he started Zion, Warren dipped and suspended religious meetings at Short Creek, but still had like, uh, like the monies and everything like that go to him. Yeah, like the tithe and stuff. Yeah. Which I'm like, where are these people getting money to pay the tithe? Well, that Some was of them my... Some were allowed to have businesses. And this, I mean, this guy was allowed to be a police officer. So I guess it's weird. Like, I guess some of the elder men were allowed to, I guess, leave. I was not that surprised that he would have someone be a police officer. Because I was like, oh, that could have him, like, kind of have someone on the inside to, like, kind of check out totally. any rumblings. So uh, Jeff's would literally abduct children from Shore Creek and send them to go live at Zion. Uh, But while he was doing this, which is kind of crazy, uh, the law started to slowly but surely catch up to him. Law enforcement suspected he was marrying and arranging marriages for underage girls. He, there was like news, um, uh, news uh, broadcasts and everything like that about what was going on there and stuff like that. People kind of dancing around it, really addressing it. And he even ended up on the FBI's most wanted list. Yeah. And then in 04, 2004, Warren's nephew Brent filed a lawsuit alleging that Warren raped him in the 1980s at FLDS's Salt Lake Valley compound. Uh, He also went on to write a book called Lost Boy. Two of Warren's nephews and two of his own children have also accused him of sexual abuse. So just a lot of stuff more and more coming out about him. In June 2005, he was actually charged with sexual assault on a minor with conspiracy to commit sexual assault on a minor 
for an April 2001 marriage, which obviously was arranged between a 14-year-old girl and her 19-year-old cousin. This was Alyssa. Alyssa, yeah. Who was in the documentary. Yeah. So, oh, God. Yeah, her telling of it was just very... uh, Horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah, she alleged in the doc and also in the court filings that her cousin raped her and she had numerous miscarriages. And uh, Warren spent two years on the run and was arrested during a routine traffic stop in Las Vegas in 2006. People, you got to realize, uh, Vegas, you never, uh, right? never so really know what's going to go down in Vegas. Uh, like traffic stops. Such a tie-in, such a tie-in. He spent, t- uh, yeah, so he was charged with two counts of rape by accomplice. The charges allege that Warren married an underage girl to an older man who forced her to have sex. Uh, five yeah. other members of the church were also uh, indicted for accused of sexually assaulting girls under 17 and one with failing to report child abuse. So really, the jig was kind of up about right. everything Right, and it's like, it's there. not just him. It's like a whole, lots of people in this church, in this cult. Because everybody is um, supporting it and promoting it and right. kind of like not even turning a blind eye because they're yeah. looking at it and in partaking in it. Right, because I feel like that was a society that they built. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like... Okay, men have all the power. Women are second-class citizens. First of all, we don't even let them grow up to be women because we're marrying them off at 14, Girls, and that's babies. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking blood-boiling. Uh, and then in 2007, he was convicted of two counts of rape as an accomplice as well and sentenced to 10 years to life in prison uh, at, in Utah. And that was the year he also renounced his profit status and formally resigned from the church's presidency on November 20th, 2007 bit of an asterisk there so he was kind of like getting because he operated in utah arizona texas like all these authorities start coming after him as well as the feds which is funny because i feel like they initially set up this kind of compound on the border so that they could try to evade authorities Mm -hmm. but then it ends up being like well now multiple jurisdictions are coming after you so have fun with that your surround sound yeah (laughs) exactly so in april 2008 texas authorities raided the compound and took legal custody of 416 children which is so many yeah mind-boggling and this was in response to a march 2008 phone call that alleged physical and sexual abuse on the compound now that call turned out to be a hoax in the sense that the person who made it wasn't connected with flds but at the same time it was kind of like well, no lies detected once they got exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah, because as they were investigating the claims in the phone call, authorities found evidence of at least a dozen girls being coerced by church elders into marrying older men. So they were kind of like, well, it still checks out. It does track. Yeah. And seven of the 12 girls that they had kind of discovered had gotten pregnant and given birth. One of the men implicated was Raymond Jessup, who was pretty high up in the church, and he ended up getting convicted of sexually assaulting an underage girl in November 2009. What I think is great is that the jury only deliberated for two hours and 20 minutes mm. before coming back with a guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. They watched they watched two TV shows and they were like, this bitch is done. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I'm shocked they even had to deliberate. Yeah, legally. You can't just be like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, you can't send in the, yeah. Right. But back to this raid. So it became like a huge media firestorm. And I feel like, that was kind of how a lot of the world became familiarized with FLDS and, and their compound in Zion and everything. So FLDS actually did this full media blitz. 
they got the women like all dolled up in their freaking house on the prairie dresses and talking in their like high innocent voices. Oh, right. They're just like so happy. Yeah. So, so creepy. They were just denying everything about the child marriages, which actually was wild to me because they were like, we just want our children back, but refused to acknowledge the fact that Warren was actually like abducting children from their parents and moving them states away. Like you couldn't see your kids. Right. And doing so for years. So eventually Texas courts found that the state didn't have enough evidence of abuse to remove the children from their families. So they were returned, which Mm. sucks. And then there was a bit of a wrinkle. So in 2010 in Utah, Warren's conviction was overturned on the grounds that the instructions given to the jury were faulty. Hmm. So apparently because he was found of like conspiracy to commit sexual assault on a minor by marrying this girl off. So I guess the jury wasn't supposed to convict unless they found that Warren specifically intended for Elisa's husband to have non-consexual sex with her, which Mm. Warren denied. So it's like a bit of a technicality, but he got his conviction overturned. Prosecutors were kind of deciding if they were going to retry the case when Warren gets extradited to Texas. At the same time, he's facing trial in Arizona on sex charges stemming from arranging marriages of underage girls to older men. That's the thing. There's like 500 things coming at him. So like as much as they try to avoid something, they can't. Yeah. Yeah. In February 2008, he had entered a not guilty plea in Arizona. So like he was going to be on trial in June 2010. Those charges get dismissed with prejudice, which means they can try it again because none of the victims wanted to testify. So he sent back to Utah. Mm -hmm. This part confuses me. I'm like, he's just freaking all over the place oh his miles insane (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then in texas in 2011 he gets convicted on two counts of sexual assault of a child he's sentenced to life in prison he will be eligible for parole in 2038 nope like all right not on my watch right i mean i guess you have to be eligible for parole and welcome back i know (laughs) i'm like i see the year 2038 and i shudder because i don't even know what Uh, yeah i don't think we'll make it there What's also very disturbing is that in the documentary, they kind of claim that he's still running the church from prison. Yeah. And just kind of like putting books out in prison and sending it over there. And uh, there are still thousands of FLDS members, which is also really concerning. Like, I feel like the problems didn't stop with him. Well, because it's also what they, the thing that we were talking about where it's like, if he's in there, still a prophet, I'm sure there's another person who's like, oh, I'm the side prophet that's speaking for him in public. and just going from there. I do know that the documentarians said they would be really down and they have stuff that they want to do a second season with and Netflix allows it. So I feel like maybe that'll uncover more of it and bring more attention to like how this really should no longer exist. But I guess it's very hard to just stop something from existing. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I can't believe it still exists. No. After you raid a compound, after like your leader is imprisoned for life for child sexual assault... Like, how does all this still go on? And also, because that's the thing, because I know for a lot of the people, they didn't know what was happening to them. You know what I mean? They didn't know. They're like, oh, this is illegal. This is like, this is not. And now that uh, everybody is made aware of it and also just like on the, you would think on the same page, how people still just kind of are continuing with it. Yeah. Crazy. It's so insane. But I'm glad that they made the documentary to kind of bring more attention and reignite awareness in it, because I feel like people haven't really been talking about them that much lately so it's good to kind of ignite this and i hope some more things change and i'm glad that some of the people that were featured in it are doing well too you know they are doing better i think it was really interesting how they would talk about like yeah I, you know i escaped this cult and like i didn't know how to do anything no 
because they're not set up or equipped to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because they like weren't allowed to like learn anything. Oh, God. On the topic of learning, I'm very curious to see what we will learn about ourselves and each other and the world in the game that Jorge prepared for us. (laughs) Hi, everyone. So, for today's game, I thought we could do something a little fun. So, what we're playing today is a game called LDS or LSD. (laughs) So, here's how it's going to work. Oh, my God. I'm going to describe to you a scenario. And it's going to be your job to tell me whether this is a miracle from an actual religion or famous acid trip from popular culture, be it a movie or a book or something that was just completely made up. Oh, all right. So here we go. Danny, you are up first. And here is your scenario. A man is suffering from a cavity and goes to sleep. Upon waking, gold filling has suddenly appeared in his tooth where none had existed before. Is this a miracle or was this an acid trip? I I feel a like gold filling really feels too medical for a miracle, so I'm going to go acid trip. That is incorrect, Danny. <sighs> this is, in fact, a miracle. Um, this was credited to a man called Willard Fuller from Louisiana, mm. who called himself... <laughs> he called himself a faith healer. He was a proponent of psychic dentistry. What a sad, I mean, like, shout out to dentists, but I'm like, you're like, your cult is based on dentistry? (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, he would go around saying that he would heal people by the power of God in Louisiana. Um, Throughout his life, though, some of these miracles were, in fact, debunked. For example, this one turned out to be a tobacco stain instead of a gold filling. No. (laughs) Oh, then he's not even a good dentist. No, not a good dentist. Uh, another woman who said a silver filling had appeared in her mouth later admitted to the fact that she had just forgotten that she had gotten it put in. <laughs> so it seemed like this guy was nothing more than just some random dude that made a cult out of All right. a dentist. All right, well, <laughs> I mean, shout out to the woman's dentist, though, because like forgetting a filler, that means that like they were very smooth and calm. So they should be That's following true. that person. Yeah, that is true. All right, Sarah, this is your scenario. A man walks into a hotel and the floor of the lobby turns into blood as he is surrounded by otherworldly beings. This sounds like an acid trip. I'm also like, are miracles happening in the time of hotels? Like, what's the year cut off for this? <laughs> seems fake. That is correct. It is, in hey. fact, from a movie. It's an acid trip from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I was going to say, Hunter is it Thompson The Shining? Movie. <laughs> I don't know if Not Blood quite was the, the Shining, show. but yeah. kind of similar. This is a, a great movie if you haven't seen it. it. Really it's uh, Hunter S. Thompson, known for gonzo journalism and for taking like all the drugs ever invented, mescaline and LSD and cocaine or whatever. No. No. Apparently, no, this is something that actually happened to him that he was in a hotel in Vegas and then he was surrounded by like lizard people. <laughs> the mm. movie sequence is super fun. This is why I will never do hallucinogens. Oh, God, no, me neither. <laughs> Because if I I wouldn't live that tale, or maybe don't mix them with mescaline Together. and oh, that's cocaine true. and all the other stuff. It's so funny when you say mescaline. I always think of mescaline greens, but I know that the I'm pronouncing Facts. that wrong. There's two types. <laughs> <laughs> Salad has never had me hallucinate. All right, Danny, back to you. This is your scenario. 
A Japanese statue spontaneously bleeds, sweats, and cries over the course of months. Mm, I'm going to say a miracle. That is correct. It is a miracle. Wow. That, that seems like an omen. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, not, not exactly all, a miracle. Know. The story is pretty insane. This was a nun in Japan who had a vision of Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. And then one of her hands started to bleed. That's what's known as stigmata. Mm. which is like you start seeing some sort of manifestation of God in your body. And after that, a wooden statue of Virgin Mary nearby started to bleed in the same place and also emitted sweat and tears. And I don't have too much more info about this, but apparently the sweat was tested by scientists and it was determined to be human. It was AB type of blood. A.B., always blessing. That's what that's what Mother Mary <laughs> <Always> says. Always blessing. <laughs> so, Damn. who knows? But that was a real creepy. miracle. You got a point. Oh, that's creepy. All right, it is a tie game. Sarah, this is your scenario. A madman squeezed a demon out of his body by wearing a belt and was instantly cured and wore the belt for the rest of his life. The rest of his life? <laughs> the rest of his life is what's getting me. I'm like, I know that. Oh, my gosh. Squeeze a demon out of his body. I'm going to go with, uh, oh my God, I really don't know. This is tough. Wore it for the rest of his life. I'm going to go with miracle. That is correct, Sarah. It was in fact a miracle from the 700s. So the medieval miracle. Love it. This was a man called St. Guthlach who was walking down the street and saw this madman called Egga. Uh, and he put a belt around his waist and a demon flew out of his mouth <laughs> and he was cured and was very grateful and thanked St. Guthlach for saving him and for returning his sanity. All right. That's what they should call that the new Heimlich maneuver. <laughs> the St. <Saint laughs> Guthlach? Agree. The St. Guthlach. <laughs> this guy, St. Guthlach, has a ton of fun stories. So if you're Ooh. ever bored Boy, and want to hear some medieval crazy stories... Look him up. He he once had a bird talk to him as well. And he's just full of fun stories. Oh. All right. Danny, this is back to you. This is your scenario. A girl falls into a hole and has visions of warring factions. And she is rescued by her sister before she is consumed by the visions. I'm like, isn't this the ring? <laughs> um, I'm going to say this is a movie or no acid. It is correct, and it was, in fact, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> Love it. Which was Sweet. famously written by Lewis Carroll. Yeah. And it is debated whether he actually used LSD during his lifetime, but apparently oh, it is uh, more likely... It's debated. It's like 100%. <laughs> like, come on. Well, yeah. apparently it's more likely that he took a drug called laudanum. Oh, Which whatever. is an opiate-infused drug uh, that was readily available during his time. Fine. But yeah, but yeah, scholars like, you're not apparently that shit sober. <laughs> no. Yeah, scholars apparently do go back and forth on whether it was about acid or not. But I Got mean, it. just read the damn book, guys. Yeah, because <laughs> what's that? Isn't that the one with like that uh, that like long thing that people always try to decipher? The Jabberwock. Pie? Yeah, is that that? <laughs> is that what it is? I think so. Something like that. I was gonna say that, but then when I was saying it, I was like, "This sounds too Star Warsy," so I didn't say it. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that just, per the prison point, he was on LSD. <laughs> yeah, right. Let that be known. Put it into the record. 
It's a great movie. I was just thinking about this. I haven't seen it in forever, but I want to rewatch it because I watched it as a kid and I feel like I didn't understand half of what was going on. Not at all. No, exactly. And I don't know if as an adult now I would be able to kind of follow it a little bit more. Maybe you're not supposed to be able to follow it. Mm. Isn't that life? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that That's life? real. Boom. All right, Sarah, this is the last question and it is a tie game. So you could win it here. A man is laying in his bed when he sees a baby crawling on the ceiling. Who looks at him? That's it? That's it. <laughs> I'm going to go with as a trip. That is I correct, think. Sarah. Woo! That is from the movie Train Spotting. And this nice. is technically not an acid trip. It's kind of like a withdrawal from drugs, but it, you know, it fits the bill. Have you guys oh, seen this? Oh, I thought it was going to be that Dear David thing. <laughs> Remember that? Dear David, Wait, what's what? that? That like Twitter thread from that BuzzFeed illustrator who kept on saying like a dead baby was living in his apartment. What? Some people, uh, <laughs> Google it. Google I it. do not know what <laughs> that insane. is about. So if you guys haven't seen this movie, this is one of the most bizarre scenes in all of movie history. Like it is actually a baby that walks on the ceiling and then his like face turns 180 degrees to look oh. at him. It is mm. like, creepiest thing you'll never forget it you cannot unsee this but it is a great movie with ewan mcgregor in his oh. youthful days hey, watch your tongue he's still looking youthful <laughs> well <laughs> Ooh, the disrespect damn the shade come on, come on. He, he, i think he's aged very gracefully but he doesn't look like true. a kid anymore you know he, he looks like, like an old like a silver fox if you will Oh, you were going to say old. You're dragging you on. <laughs> I actually just started watching this documentary called The Long Way Up, which is hmm. he gets a motorcycle at the bottom of the southern what? tip of Argentina and like drives all the way up from Argentina to L.A. And uh-huh. it's, it's like a like a interesting, you know, like a journey oh. documentary oh, type right. of thing. And he's doing the whole thing with electric bikes. So oh, it's for like the environment to be or just for the environment as well. Oh. And hijinks ensue, of course, because there's oh. no way to charge electric bikes anywhere. So. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's on Apple TV. I need to get Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, it's Apple okay. TV. It's, it's very huh. good. And yeah, it, it's, okay. it's a fun. It's a fun watch. But Sarah, you have won the game. Congratulations. You've won <laughs> LDS or LSD. And you get a free tablet of LSD? <laughs> I'll actually take the gold filling in my tooth. Thanks. <laughs> you can save some money there, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, right. uh, Sarah, you are still trailing Danny, but only by one point in our championship. Ooh. Well, so here's it the thing. is very close. Who got the Beyonce one right? I know I didn't. And also, we both got your wedding question right. Oh, That's true. true. That's true. You no, both, both got, got the Beyonce, Beyonce wrong. wrong. Oh. It's Damn. so funny that it was literally the week after the we recorded that. So pissed. <laughs> so like I'm convinced who I did. She knew. I'm convinced. She knew. <laughs> she no, knew. She's like, Mom, do this for them. <laughs> it's such a good song, too. But we will tell you those points up at the end of the year. So uh, as it stands now, Danny, you are leading by one point, but still anybody's nice. game. Neck and neck. Uh, well, well, I'm going to go do some LSD. Bye, guys. <laughs> Uh, no but thank you Jorge this is a a great game as always absolutely and thank you all for listening too obviously we have so much fun I feel like 15 people joined the Facebook group today with like 
you guys always say it, so that's why we continue to say it. You guys know that. So join at Not Another True Crime group. You can also follow us on Instagram at Not Another True Crime and me at Cashmere Danny Cashmere with a K. Yes, and follow me at Sarah Lamim. Please rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars. Yes. We love to see Please. it. But I also don't read the reviews. So either I way. Don't, yeah, so <laughs> So yeah, you can send us subscribe. a screenshot of you giving five stars for us to see it because we, we, we choose peace. <laughs> yes, we do. We do. But as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Who knows what that will bring? Time will tell. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.